Hey, Jason Rice here for the next episode of Lot Party. And again, what we try to do on this show is give you ways to stir things up in your lot, trying to get you to maximize sales, maximize gross. Most of the focus is going to be inventory management. We're also going to maybe even talk over internet management, internet process management, and basically what we what we can do to stir up our virtual lot. Again, a big lot party at the dealership is when we call in all the sales staff and all the porters to move the cars around on the lot, freshen things up for the customers, maybe get some cars and better exposure on the physical lot we want to do a lot party here on the virtual lot so just a reminder man we load these up you got them on autotainment network or auto dealer live and again it's going to be 15 minutes before they go live at 3 30 eastern time every thursday so catch us at the 315 mark catch us going live there these get loaded up on podcasts on theirs or go to itunes and download the lot party podcast because we have over 50 different little episodes in there between two to three minute quick tips to 20 30 minute interviews to this particular lot party now that we run 15 minute shows so great content all everything that you could do to implement today to help you sell some more cars so check that out um, lot pop we do do free inventory valuations for your we do a virtual lot walk make sure photos comments descriptions uh, we can give that to you good content on the site too so you got podcasts you got video tips uh, lot pop or lot party even lot pop um, YouTube channel check that out we got all the video content there too but on this episode one of the things I want to do again back there in the frame we're going to do a dealer of the week uh, you can notice there's some plates on the walls here a lot of those plates are coming from dealerships I've traveled all over the country dealers are sending some plates in now this particular it's a green group in Peoria Illinois you know they got a bunch of stores that's an old plate but I remember one of their stores being a Ford store it was one of the first poster childs for Beato when they actually took that store from selling about 70 units a month they got over 250 units a month out of that Peoria Illinois dealership so they're one of the first dealerships to really take on that velocity so shout outs to them. If you want to get your dealer plate up here on the board, uh, we do have under lophop.com contact information. I don't want to give all the big address information over here. Just go to lophop.com under contact us. We're getting that data there. We'll have the address to ship that to us. We'll feature up here on the board here and maybe even uh, set up an interview if it's something that you guys are interested in, in talking about some of your best practices and impacts that you're making in your market. But what I want to talk about on this show is tis the season to thin out. Um, a lot of dealerships are, you know, starting to drop their inventory out and starting to wholesale cars. They're starting to just drop their pricing to move and clean up the inventory that didn't sell in the selling season. There's a lot of movement going on in the market right now. So I want to go over some of those best practices to help get your inventory moving. Um, you know, one of the things I try to do with dealerships, the ones I'm working with over time here, is having our inventory cleaned up in September going into this October, November selling season. I do have some dealers in the south, you know, where uh, especially some dealers in the Florida market where this is some of their prime season, what they call snowbirds are come, happen to come in. The people that live up north are starting to come down south, migrate down there for the warmer weather. So they start picking up a little bit. Uh, but still, the shopping habits online are still about the same. And it seems like a lot of dealerships this mid-October to mid-November have some good month left uh, still of some selling season. I think, again, it's seasonal. You get the, the shoppers that need to do something before winter hits. Maybe they got an older car or that they you know don't want in the winter months and they want to freshen things up for the end of the year and so forth and so you do have a little bit of time because I help dealerships on the inventory but also seen on the internet and I'm seeing a lot of dealerships lead counts pick up 
from the second half of October to the second half of November, but it definitely drops off going into December into the holiday season and then picks back up for tax season. So a couple things. One, internet-wise, any leads that you're getting off your inventory right now, you need to be working those leads. They might not pull the trigger for the next you know, 30, 40, 50 days, and they might not even pull the trigger till tax season, January, February. They might be shopping now. Leasing's coming up. A lot of leases and or get terminated toward the end of the year because, again, a lot of lease, new car pushes going out, good and in leasing incentives to get people in cars. So people are shopping now to get out of those leases and so forth. So, one, long-term follow-up. Make sure you're doing a 45, 60, 90-day follow-up process and earn these customers' business. Call, email, follow-up. That's one way to get these this volume going. Make sure you're working those leads consistently for a long time. You might get a lead now you're selling in January. So that's one. But two, um, as these leads in, or as you're getting dumping this inventory, we're seeing this market shift faster than I've ever seen it all year. We're, and we're talking about cars that we've priced a week, two weeks ago, and the market's already dropping two or three percent. So dealerships are dumping these cars, and it's hard to compete. Like I said, I had my dealers were trying to get cleaned up going into this October, November, December, hoping that we can be buyers. Because wholesale values are dropping, too, on a lot of segments. And so if I can be buying while the market's lower. The problem is the wholesale market might drop a bit, 1% or 2%, but the retail market's dropping that much or more. So it, all things being equal, I mean, it, you're, you're buying 2% less, but you got to price them 2% less. I got a sample of a car up here uh, where we're showing um, a movement. And again, now this is a screenshot from Viato for a dealer, but what I wanted to point out here is the movement of pricing that the cars are doing, and they're doing it fast. So if you're not, if you're pricing your car and not really making adjustments for two, three, four weeks down the road, um, you're gonna miss these cars and you're gonna have a big aging problem in November, December range. But let me just show you here. We did a price change to 14 grand on the 22nd of September. You can see on the screen here, I'm gonna pop it up. So I'm taking my eyes off, but you're gonna be able to see my monitor here. And at 14 grand, we're at 91% of that market. And that was just the 22nd. That's a little bit over about a week and a half ago. Two weeks ago would have been the 19th. So you could see that 91% that, that, that price to market has gone from 92 to 94, 93, 94, 95. And here we are, 10 days later, that market's already moved 4%. That's a 4% drop. So, and right now it's priced at 98%. So there's even been bigger drops in the market on this particular vehicle. But if you're not looking at cars every week and making adjustments, at least moving back with the market, if you're at 92% of the market or 8% below the market average, 10 days ago, again, you might be at 95, 96% of the market now, only 4% below the average market. You need to get back in there and at least shift with the market. But if the car is aging, you need to get more aggressive than the market. Not just Don't just go back to the 92. You might have to go to 90 or 91 and get more aggressive to get this thing moving, depending on the age of the car. So that, I just use that as an example of how fast this, this market is moving right now. And so as you're working out of these aged cars, there's a few things that you're going to want to work on. One, if you're going to spiff these cars and move them, you need to let the sales staff know before and ahead of time. If you have any staffing meetings and you want to get people excited about particular cars, um, again, in Viato, they have a way or any other tool you might have, we should have a way to compare how your car is priced to the market. So if you know you're competitively priced or you know a particular car is getting a lot of SRPs and VDPs, a lot of clicks online, 
share that particular car you know obviously if it's a spiff car share that car with your sales staff let them know hey i want you guys to here's five cars for this meeting that we want to get moving this particular car here we're number two priced in the market the only other car that's beaten us has higher mileage so when you get calls or emails understand that this car get excited let them know that this car's priced very aggressively and that you're getting a lot of attention on it so prep the salespeople before they get these calls before these people walk in the lot so you can be able to hold the gross because we're dropping our pricing our grosses are probably minimal as we're trying to move these cars so we need to get these the salespeople's confidence up that this car is priced competitively to the market not only that get the confidence up that let the customer know they're getting a great deal so they're not dropping their pricing and giving the car away uh, even more than what you're already aggressively priced so one of the best practices would be print up five cars that you're concerned about that you've priced aggressively or they're getting a lot of attention print them up give them to the sales staff educate them how they're priced in the market get them excited about it so when you do get that customer in the door they're already prepared and they're excited about getting showing that customer because they know it's a great deal the other thing that you need to really look out for is a lot of dealerships right now are wholesaling cars and I'll pull up a car with a dealership and it might be 60 days old or 65 days old and I'll ask them you know what are you doing with this car and they say well I just wholesaled it and I and I would you wholesale it for and they might say 16 grand well I can look at the last asking price was eighteen thousand dollars so I'm like why would you go and take 16 grand at the lane we're at 18 grand online they said well I'm already I've been number one in the market or I was 20%, 80% of the market or 85% of the market and we weren't selling it, what else did you want me to do? Well, if you're at 18 grand online and you can only get 16 at the lane, quit looking at how you own that car to wholesale. Look at how you're pricing that car to wholesale. So again, if I'm at 18, I don't care. By this time at 60 days old, I'm going to throw away the market. I don't care if I'm number 10, number one, if I'm at 90% or 70%. I don't care if I've had that price there for the last two weeks and I'm not getting any traction on that car at 18 grand at 70% of the market. I'm going to look at my exit strategy of the lane. And if that $16,000 is all I'm going to get at the lane, I would drop that 18 down to 17.5 or 17 or 16.5. Shoot, I'll go to 16. I might even go to 15.5 because by the time you pay for transportation, by the time you end up paying fees, you're going to pay more. Then you have no F&I opportunities. You have no trade opportunities. And so my biggest thing on aged inventory, and as you're trying to work out of this car is to slim this inventory down going into the winter months, is make sure that you're not just comparing your, your cost to the lane or wholesale and wholesaling and taking hits that way. Drop your pricing down and even get wholesale type numbers on these cars. So you get opportunity at a trade you get an F&I opportunity get another customer on the door another thing to do on these type of cars as you're quote-unquote giving these cars away pricing them competitively the number one ranked car in the market and the customers getting a great deal sell and try to get the cut not sell but sell the customer on the fact that they're getting a great deal validate it with them and say hey do me a favor in return give me a great review and get these reviews going on sites like autotradercars.com, dealer raider, Google, get your reviews up because this is the time again, customers are going to be looking at reviews. My wife doesn't buy anything without looking at reviews most of the time. So get good reviews and that right there, you know, if you're losing 500 bucks to retail out of it, a good review is worth a couple hundred bucks. Okay. Um, it is, it's going to be, makes your car, if you're, if you're a five star and they're taking your car, comparing it to a dealer that only has a four star rating, you, you, and you're a little bit more, they're probably going to give you that shot because of your rating. So 
sell ratings, get the customer when they're getting that good deal. Say, hey folks, as you're waiting to get into finance, you know you got a great deal on here. Can you give me a great review? And uh, that alone, that right there, again, will help make up some of that money. You're, you know, it's not going in your pocket, but it's definitely going to help you drive sales and help you move these cars. So I hope this is helpful. Again, I, what I want to do with this show is get you some good tips. Uh, people are wholesaling out. They're going to slim their inventory down, and then you start ramping back up and going in the, into December into that selling season in January, February. But right now, new cars incentives are dropping. New car uh, people, a lot of tension going on new cars. So new used are slowing down a lot of markets. Dealers are starting to drop their pricing. There's less shoppers in the market. A lot of trades coming in on these new cars, so there's more used cars for these customers to look at. So get competitive on these prices. Get them cleaned up, but there's smart ways to do it. Again, get people excited at your store on the ones that you're moving. Get them prepped, ready to go. Get them excited when they talk to the customer. Get them excited about holding the price because they're getting already a great deal. And then two, make sure you're comparing your asking price online to what you're going to get at the lane and keep moving that price down until the lane makes more sense. But again, the lane's not giving you an eye shot, and they're not getting you a trade opportunity, and they're not giving you an opportunity to get a review from a customer and help you get more satisfied customers on the room. So I hope this is helpful. Again, send us a plate. We'll feature in our next show. Check out the Auto Dealer Live guys. They're coming on live right now, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by TrueCar. All right, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, you know what's weird? I was looking down at the screen here. I'm used to my, I'm used to our, our video coming up. We just sat there. Hey, we just sat there silent for like like three seconds. And Ezra, Ezra, hey, usually turtleneck. Hey, there you are. Hey, hey usually, bang. Usually turtlehead. I'm good today. You're good today. Okay, well, I was going to say because probably because you a, just squeezed one out, baby. You, you said you it thought, right today, too. Turtleheaded. No, I said turtleheaded. say action for us. Huh? We needed an action. We count down. Well, no, no, we, we counted do us down, but no, you got to understand that yeah. this is like a, we're used to this thing popping up like that. So I just assumed it wasn't on yet. And, uh, you know, I was wrong. Let's get it we on. We came despite a hurricane. You believe that? No, We came on. Hey, you guys wonder who you're the welcome. Hurricane Hunter You're welcome, is? people. Remember the Crocodile? What was the Crocodile? What the guy crocodile Hunter, yeah. Crocodile yeah. Hunter. Hurricane Hunter. Rest in peace. Tom, the hurricane comes anywhere near Florida. Tommy's like, okay, guys, well, you know what? We're going to pack our freaking get some plywood. It's expected on. to make landfall around West Palm Beach right around midnight. It's going to be a Which cat, is about 150 a, miles away from us. It's going to be a Cat 5, though, yeah. which means basically like a freaking tornado that's the size of uh, Nebraska. Hitting, going through Florida. Hitting, hitting oh, no a, big deal. Hitting 150 miles away from us. Yeah. In or another location. close yeah, to yeah. us. Yeah. You guys in Kentucky, you know, you better watch out because there's a hurricane hitting West Palm Beach. You're there, Sasquatch. Sorry about that. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so hey, we have Andrew about. Myers with Sasquatch us. down. What's up, brother? How are you guys? Good, man. Good. So what's next, media? 
Yeah, I, uh, I went with the uh, What's Next shirt. I got the minor logo on. I can't point to the right side. They gave me an auto-dealer <laughs> live one, but it was too hey, small. And he I was already... trying to do it via camera. Yeah, yeah. no, this but thing is... Instead of actuality, knowing that the camera... It was like a mirror. It's like, you know... <laughs> so cause Tommy's... That's the lefty. But no, I, I had an easy time getting into Florida because everybody else was going the other way. Mm-hmm. Except for the Hurricane Hunter. Except for the Hurricane for me, yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> well, we're glad, we're, glad, we're glad you came. Sorry we came to, you came to our state on a crappy, uh, a crappy time frame. No, I'm pumped. I like wind. Wind, <laughs> rain. Yeah, I mean... I've yes. never seen a cat fly. <laughs> cat fly? Cat five. He knows. He was... I know. <laughs> He's I know like he saying cat five. Hey, you don't get to say it often. Hey, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. No, it's just it's funny. It's an luckily I can't joke. get up. These my legs are stuck. Cribs, you remember right? I mean, because you were you were here for you you were here day in and day out for a couple of years. Sure. And you remember Tommy? I mean, there was a couple of storms. I mean, like a tropical storm gets a little, you know, yeah. little, you know. I get excited. I'm like a <laughs> like a dog. Like my hair starts standing up on end. I can the barometric pressure rises. I can tell. You know, my uh, excited slash paranoid because he would build a bunker. You know, Tommy's got like five. Bunkers I've only got bunker. three right. bunkers. Just like my greyhound, he runs for the closet when it starts. And I pee all over myself. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. That's a real problem. And then he comes out of the closet every time the storm passes. Now you know, now you know why he had to build three bunkers. <laughs> First, he had pee on them. <laughs> they had pee all over the place. Can't stand pee laden bunkers. Everyone knows that. Well, guys, oh, no one well, can go uphill from it, here. I hope. Yeah, if somebody actually stumbled into this show, uh, it's not Jerry Springer <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's not something weird. Look, it's Steve Sonning said he's it's like, on hey, the phone, You're on the left side of the state, so he knows apparently that the left side of the state. The left side of the state is safe. Okay, all right, good. Well, good. That, that pieces me. Steve Stonning's in here in Florida, right here. No, nah, apparently man. he's a meteorologist too. Everyone's a meteorologist, Dave uh-huh. included. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, this is Auto Dealer Live. Welcome. Thank yeah. you guys for checking us out and listening. And uh, we got a great show today, man. We got Andrew Myers, the uh, president Woo! of What's Next Media, man, with us. What's up, brother? How are you guys? Good. Let's start this over I'm doing excellent. I, uh, you know, Florida's a little humid. I feel like I got out of the shower when I got off the plane, but uh, you know, otherwise, good. I'm waiting for the wind. You know, it's crazy. Hey, it's kind of interesting. That'll Speaking dry of, you, by the way. Huh? That'll dry him off. The wind. Hey, speaking <laughs> of hurricane hurricanes, Matthew. It's give and take. Speaking of hurricanes, cribs. Like if if uh, if Andrew comes to Florida, right? Being being where he's from, and and you know immediately got hurricanes and you know weather and humidity. I guess that would be like me saying, "Oh, you're from Seattle, so you like Nirvana." You know, yeah. right. or you like grunge music in Starbucks. Yeah, it's a very right. cliche visit to right. Florida so far. Yeah, you like Starbucks. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Right. He's like, even if I didn't, I do. Yeah, yeah I, I do. do. You know, and I'm a Microsoft guy too. I'm just so cliche. Yeah. Aww. What are you gonna do? Yeah. They'll but push you right out of Seattle if you don't like Microsoft and Starbucks. <laughs> They'll push you. They will pitchforks and, and umbrellas and umbrellas. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he told me a little factoid that I tried to know about because we were talking about Hurricane Matthew, which is a subject matter we all should be talking about, which we oh, will geez. be mentioning more on the show. Cat but five, by the way. Cat five. If you, uh, yes, Jeff Collins, it is a cat five. So, just. Look at the wind shear, if you will, and check out the trough. Just saying. Anyway, so he was saying that you know uh, Seattle has that stereotypical it's always raining, but he said it really isn't like that bad. He said it's more like a drizzle. Yeah, it doesn't really rain at all. It's a total total misnomer. We actually put it to you this way: we get the same average rainfall, and it rains every day. So if you do ah. the math, there's not a much rain to go around every day. See? So it's just <clears> a little. <throat> pop, pop, pop. It's but interesting. It doesn't have to slow you down. No need for an umbrella. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, you said that's also. Yeah. I actually let the secret out. You I did, yeah. Done. I was. I should have been like, "What are you talking about, man?" <laughs> he told I me. I told you a, that in secret. He did. He told me that. Just, oh man, Sasquatch. Wow. He's got a yeti down. Of his own. Yeti down. Hey, what? What are you gonna do? Give it 
like a Sasquatch. No, it doesn't. It doesn't rain. It, it's foggy and it drizzles a bit. But uh, you know, I sucks. can hear rain hitting the window out there's here. There's flannel everywhere. There's flannel everywhere. This doesn't rain here. It pours. I mean, it, it's pretty much straight up like like sideways rainy right now. I mean, you know, yeah. rain is like you look out the window and you see rain going this way. It's a bad sign. Know, but it doesn't last long. That's no big deal because it's not a cat five show. It won't be raining. Yeah, it's weird. And although we're not in the path right now, actually. Probably a lot of our viewers are because there's a yeah. ton of dealers between the south tip yeah. of Florida and up yeah. to North Carolina. So. Yeah, I mean, all seriousness, I mean, man, yeah. our prayers are with you guys because, I mean, I'll tell you something, it's straight up a Cat 5 yeah, hurricane crazy. hits anywhere near land. It's going to cause some devastation. I can tell you there's dealerships, obviously, up up the east coast of Florida oh, that yeah. close um, businesses and things like that. So, um, Stay but, safe out there is what we're saying, right? Yeah. Stay safe, right. please. But, no. hey, man, let's let's shift gears for a second, all right? Let's, let's shift gears it. and let's. Um, we're getting ready to go into a, a panel, guys, and I want to kind of get your feedback. And, and uh, Andrew, you can weigh in as well. Cribs, I'll start with you, man. We're going into a panel here in just a second where we're going to we're going to talk about own the phone, mm-hmm. and you know it's a little different. You know, um, we've had plenty of BDC shows. I mean, you and I have started interviewing you know BDC people you know a couple three years ago, right? And uh, we're not going to talk about some of the normal things today. We're going to talk about people who are who are um, pros on the phone. And we're going to talk to them about what they do to not only uh, be pros, but train other people on how to. And um, and then we're going to have Danny Benitez come on after. It's going to be interesting. And he's going to be listening to our guest in the first panel. And he's going to come on and kind of like, not that he is, uh, you know, not that he says I'm an expert, but I think Danny is. Danny's a partner oh, yeah. of a store now. He's moved on from GM uh, in Texas to a, to a partner in a, a, another store. And I think Danny's got a really good pulse on the auto industry, fingers on the pulse, and he's going to weigh in on whether what he hears from our guests in the first panel is, in his opinion as a dealer, you know, um, owning it or nice. not. Nice. You know the final like, say. Yeah, I like man. it. You know, he's going he's, he's gonna to be like, you know, you're fired, you're hired kind of thing. So right. what, what do you think about that? You, you, you've worked on the phone. I mean, you're, you're obviously yeah, a technology Yeah, I, I mean, guy, I, I built a company on the phone, and I know Tommy – but I wanted to draw this distinction now. Since it's Auto Dealer Live, I don't think our skill sets are really what everybody's after because we're talking about how to sell a car or how to, you know. So the one thing I'd like to set this up with is in order to do well on the phone, you have to know what your goal is. So I think the conversation should be steered towards understanding that you're selling yourself, you're selling the appointment, you're selling an opportunity, and you're not selling a car. Yeah. Smart. What I do agree. you think, man? I agree. Say I was, something about the phone. Well, the phone is the means to the end. And the means is Hurricane Matthew. I say, and phone lines can be knocked down <laughs> with a cat. The ends three. is. I'm Tommy didn't say that. He's like, you know, a cat five. Speaking of phone, nobody's going to have a phone line in the path of a hurricane. Possibly millions without power, and means your VoIP will not work. People get on the phones today and make something happen. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. Is it time for something else now? Yet? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing with your finger? You got it rolling. You're yeah, doing something. You're on. telling me to hold on? Yeah. You watch your mouth, young man. <laughs> or he's gonna throw you in the path like of the that. hurricane. Yeah, I'll throw you right outside, right where the Cat Five lay, chilling, chilling with the Cat Five. All over the ground soon out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very breezy outside. It's a brisk breeze. But no, I do think that's important. Just since we got a few seconds here, that a lot of people get focused on what to do on the phone. But I think I think all of the conversation and all of the preparation goes a lot further if you understand the goal, and that's to get somebody excited about a, a minutia, not a car, not a payment, uh, but just something a lot smaller, like coming in to see you, uh, a certain trade evaluator that's there that night, uh, limited availability. And I think if you if you focus on that, you can apply your skills a lot more directly. Dave Cribbs, um, you know, you've done a lot of work on the phone, and, you know, I know you're, you're a believer in this. And, you know, Andrew said something interesting, 
And I'm going to do a shameless, shame, shameless, completely shameless plug on Tuesday's free virtual workshop. It's free. Come on now. So what I'm going to tell you while we're waiting here. Yeah, it's totally when? free. It sounds, it sounds a little pricey. Tuesday. It's free. Tuesday. But how much does it cost? October 11th. This Tuesday, okay. go to Serial Sales, not SerialSalesPro.com. That's that's my site, but go to SerialSales.pro. It's free. Just got to register or you can't watch it because you're going to need to code. SerialSales.pro is how to own the phone, lift sales, and lower spending. But the reason I brought that up is because Andrew said something a second ago um, about we're trying to sell a car, talking to dealers that are trying to sell a car with the phone, so it's different than what we do. However, it's interesting enough that you said that. I think that, and this is the, the purpose of this training I'm going to be doing, and I want to talk to the guys about this. I think if you can improve your sales skills over the phone, then I think you can own not only the phone, you can own the dealer road that you're on. You can own your PMA. I think that an inside sales team, and we have some clients that are doing that, and you know guys like Matt mm -hmm. that, that, that have applied certain training tools, that man are killing it. They, they're increasing their, their sales by, by dozens of sales monthly just simply from owning the phone. Yeah. If you looked at it as a funnel, the phone's got to be the most important because you have the most chances. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's where all the traction for the later parts of the funnel come from. I mean, if you're going to kill it, kill it there, and everything else will be easy. There's no question. I mean, you heard Andrew say he built a business on the, using the phone. Tommy, I know, has built a business owning the phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we often think about uh, here at IPD, <clears throat> we think about outbound calls because that's primarily what we do is the outbound call. But at the dealership, there's, there's the outbound call and there's the inbound call. The inbound call now is arguably the best up that you'll see on the lot, even versus one that's walking in that's a good point. Uh, on the lot. It may so, not be an appointment or nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. And when you get to the point now, there's so much information available online. When you pick up the phone to call into the dealership, yeah. you're at the next level. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. By that time, you're... Well, without further ado, because uh, uh, Ezra's going to have a conniption over there. Why don't we go to our segment, weekly segment. You may know it as what we actually call it, which is Slash Tags. Slash Tags. Who said that? That was crazy. That was almost demonic. And it is bought to you this week by Automate. Check it out, won't you please? We'll be back with it's the next, next up. up, baby. Cat 5 version. Cat 5. Welcome to another edition of Slash Tags, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Tommy Elwell. You know, we um, last week we had Grant Cardone, among others, on the show. We had a great show. Um, actually, our top Twitter and Facebook influencers all got his new book, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Boba. Hashtag Boba. So in the spirit of that same giving, we're feeling a little crazy on Slash Tags today. So what we're going to do is we're giving away a book. You're getting a book. Woo! You're getting a book! Everybody gets a book!
Let the magic happen. So with all seriousness, folks, um, again, always hashtag Auto Deal Live and always hashtag slash tags. We want to thank Grant Cardone again. Go to grantcardone.com if you did not receive your book and get Boba. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what can happen if you participate. So put your name in the hat. Let's get back to slash tags. Here we go. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. William J. McCormick. I love your spices, by the way. I use your pot roast in the slow cooker. The pot roast spices, delish. William J. McCormick said, at Real Matt Koenig, you guys all sound like Charlie Brown's want, want, want teachers on the cartoons. My turn to talk. Is it my turn to talk? I can't hear anybody. I'm gonna go back to Call of Duty. At Arnold T. Arena. Mm -mm -mm. I'm gonna try to, oh, I'm gonna try to compose myself on this one. Because I think he dissed me. I think he dissed us. I think he dissed, dissed, I think he dissed the slash tag community. He said, I think slash tags is what won't make you famous. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, we got another one. That hmm slash tags receive starting is what a Tommy Elbow sounds like on Auto Deal Live all the time. Oh, double diss for Arnold. Guess what, Arnold? No bobbleheads for you, schmuck. I said schmuck. That's funny. Uh, Kim LaSorsa. What? She said, Granite Cardone is cocky? Nah, smiley winky face. <laughs> oh. You mean sarcastic? I get it. Okay. Ah. Oh. That's cool. He's cool with it. He's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm sitting on my plane. I'm cocky. Look. Um, Ed Brooks at Velocity Sales said, Grant who? Okay. And in response, Dara Moore said, Ad Dara Moore said, like, Grant who? Who most only can be in their dreams. Talking about Grant Cardone. She likes him a lot, apparently. She hashtag 10X master. I don't know if she is or he is, but one way or the other, we're 10X in it. We 10X is the heck out of the slash tags, did we not, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, just Take a deep breath and let it marinate. Let it soak in. Auto deal alive is what you want to hashtag. You also wait, no, you don't want you want to do that? Let's do auto deal alive. Let's hashtag that. Let's hashtag slash tags. Here's here's what I'm gonna leave you with today, guys. I'm gonna show you something real quick. Hold on. So I'm gonna leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Villa doesn't seem to be as concerned as I am with my meteorological background. I'm quite concerned. So as you can see from the cone of uncertainty, Florida might be literally destroyed and ripped in half by next week. So pray for Florida. Make sure the hurricane doesn't come by us. And if God wills it, we'll be here next week. So until then, why don't you guys have yourself a great rest of your day. Out! Action. He got it. He rolled. He did it. I watched Wayne's World. Did you? <laughs> All right, we're so, back. Oh, crap, it's so loud. Won't you introduce his cribs? Get into the. Let's get this panel going, man. Let's do it. The next panel, the next up, is owning the phone panel. We've got uh, Bobby Heron, director, dealer marketing at Zmot Auto. We've got Christian Salazar, vice president of sales at Phone Ninjas, and we've got. Um, Stacy Ellison yeah. will be joining us Stacey's shortly. I think trying to get on right now. Yeah. She's having a little phone issue. She must be in West Palm. She's trying to close the deal. Probably got them phone lines knocked She's out. a managing partner of BDC Max, <laughs> former BDC manager at Freedom Auto Group. And uh, we may be getting a call, too, from uh, Matt uh, Matt Lasko or Jay. One of the two of them might be trying to get on, too. Nice. So you guys watch for that because uh, one, Matt uh, didn't know if he could do it, but his brother Jay may. And they wanted to talk about what they're doing 
which is the power hour, and kind of bring that into perspective as well. But awesome. hey, the next up is our own the phone own the phone panel. Matt's saying he's trying to log in. It's not letting him. Lou, you got Matt's cell phone number, right? So you text him what he needs to do. All right, so let's, without further ado, until Matt comes on, let's bring them on. Bobby, uh, Christian, Stacy, thank uh, you guys for joining us. Hey, what's up? Oh, Alan, Matt's on. Okay, Matt's great. On. Hey, let me ask you this, man. First of all, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby and Christian, you, what, what's up with you guys both being on balconies? You know, I didn't know if you noticed that or not. You guys aren't on the same balcony, but you look like you are, don't mm-hmm. they? Yes. Slightly. I, mean, I know what you're doing. He's rubbing it in. You got to show both, Lou. You got to show them both. There you go. See, look at that. Bang. On balconies. Look at that. Beautiful non-cat five weather going on. That's, what do you think that is? Cat one? That's a cat. That's a cat. Are you cat on, what, what, what hole are you on? You can't see him, Matt, but they're, both, they're sitting there with a, they're both on like very similar balconies outside, rubbing it in the face of everybody on the East Coast that has wind going on. So, but Cribs, man, we're talking about owning the phone. We got Matt Lasco on too, which you know, the power hour that nice. Matt's doing and those guys are crushing it. Why don't you start us off, man? Yeah, let's, uh, let's kick it off with Bobby. Bobby, it's great to see you again, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So we're talking about owning the phone and, um, you know, I'll jump right in with my first question. And that is, you know, when, when we take an inbound call, we'll maybe start with inbound calls, but when we take an inbound call, what do you think the, the one real objective is when a customer calls into the dealership? That's a great question. So I would tell you the number one question when a customer calls in, in my opinion, and in what I've seen is, is the car available? That's typically what they're calling in for. But what they really want to know is, do you have the car? And is what I saw that caused me to make this phone call true? We've spent so many years telling people things like there's this one ninety nine lease out there that you see on the ad, but when they get here, we say stuff like you need a red hat, a purple monkey, and you need to be leasing two conquest cars that live at your grandma's house. And we've conditioned people not to believe those things. So they're calling to see if it's available. They're also seeing, calling to see if they can trust us. And that's how that conversation starts is the transparency of what they need. Yeah, and speaking of that, Bobby, when a customer calls in and they do have a specific thing they're looking for and they're trying to match it up and they're, like you said, they're trying to confirm, hey, is this message right? Is this really true? How, in your experience, how often are the people that are handling the calls in the dealership truly up on what the advertising is, what the special is that went out that week? Talk about that for a moment. It's very rare. Uh, occasionally you'll see it gone over in sales meetings on what the message is going out there. But the real problem is that so many of the marketing messages that are coming out from dealerships are segmented. None of them match, right? You have a, a pay-per-click provider that's doing one thing. You have a advertising, whether it's radio or TV or whatever it is, it's your website. It's the OEM. There's 150 different messages that go out to the consumer. And I would bet money that there is not one dealership that is making sure, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's not always the case for all of them, but making sure that they know not only where did that message get served up, what did it say, what type of audience was it targeting, that's a whole conversation in its own, and that's the rapport that you want to build, right? When somebody comes onto the lot, you spend the majority of your time building rapport to bring down the walls to have a real conversation. When they call in on the phone, if they call in and I can ask them, what research did you do before you got here? Oh, well, I was on DSW and uh, the shoe thing, and I saw this, this ad on the side of the page. If my people and me know that that ad was retargeted based on five different auto encounter behaviors or whatever it is and what that message said, then I get to break down the walls really quick because I get to have a real conversation about what made them choose us. And not just, here's your phone training on what you should say when everybody calls in, because it's not the same. So it's very rare that that happens. And even the best places are able to give the message, but not always the exact one or what they were actually seeing. 
Christian, I know you guys have a little bit of a different process. I mean, so what do you think about that? You heard Bobby say, Bobby's talking, and if I had to sum, sum that up, and she said, she said a lot, and I know the, the initial question, Cribs was, was discussing, you know, the, some of the messaging that's out there, but she, you, you quickly turned the, the corner, Bobby, into really like quality versus quantity. I mean, like, in other words, making it a, understanding what you're saying and why you're saying it and not sound like a oh, doofus sure. on the phone. I mean, women get, women get really good at that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no. No. I'm just saying that that that's that's the message I got. You know. Let, let's make it sound good. So, Christian, yeah. let me ask you. I mean, you know, Bobby's talking, and if I if I take her message and go, okay, dealers need to do that, then that requires on the blacktop, her way requires dealerships understanding, training their people, and their people knowing what they have on the lot, knowing what their advertising is, knowing you know, knowing what to say, how to say it, when to say it, when not to say it. And and uh, so what do you say, Christian, about that? I mean, is that too difficult to do in today's dealership? I mean, is it better to kind of, you know, um, take a baby step towards that? Yeah, so uh, I remember when I was at the dealership, and this, this happened all the time. Someone would come in with a flyer or – the newspaper or something in their hand and they're like hey i want this car you know and it was 19.999 i look at it and i'm and i'm like oh, okay take it to the sales manager and the sales manager's like that's never gonna happen you know so a lot of the time the advertising agencies are writing these on behalf of the dealership um you know a lot of that's gone away and a lot of it's a lot better now but before you even say hey um let's let's get our message what we're advertising out to our people uh, the main thing that you got to do is get all your vendors together and make sure they're all advertising the same thing. It's just exactly what Bobby said. Now. Because if we're advertising something that's so great that we can spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on a mailer, which dealerships absolutely should still be doing mailers. Hey, man. Uh, hey, man. Which one is doing the thirty, forty? dollars the other <laughs> things that they're doing? <laughs> Well, I got, I got a follow-up question really quick, too, because uh, Steve Stoning said this. Matt, let me ask you. He tweeted in, and I saw this pop up on the screen in front of us. And, and let me get your take on this. He said, Steve said, um, and he's a regular listener on the show and appreciated his contribution in, on Twitter and, and weighing in, but is he right when he says, Matt, the only objective you have when you have a prospect on the phone is an appointment that shows? So, I mean, is that – do you buy into that, that that's your only objective, or is there something a little more finessing that needs to be done? Matt? Can I answer you look at, you, Which Matt are you talking to? Oh, so Matt, I know Matt Lasko, I'm sorry. Yep. Okay, I got you. Um, well, I would I would say no. An appointment is just an appointment. The appointment that actually shows, yes, I do need the person in my building, but the God's honest truth is the car dealer is designed to sell a car. So I really fall back to the Bobby scenario where she was talking our number one goal is, yes, we want to develop a point of contact, but the truth is is we want a relationship and a trust. And if I have a relationship and trust, then I'll get an appointment, and I'll get a confirmed appointment, and I'll get a shown appointment, et cetera. But they call you to test you. They, they want to see if you'll blow smoke at them. They've called three dealers, and the other three dealers blew smoke, and they want to see if you're going to give them what they really want to hear and then they'll come in and come to the one that they trust the most. And I think that's a, a hidden secret on the phones. If they don't trust you, they don't want to come see you. Hmm. Amen, brother. I agree. How do you build that so trust? I know Bobby I, knows the answer to I that. Just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, just to kind of play off of what Matt said, and from being in the dealer for so long, one of the things that's such a huge deal is, yes, is your goal to end up with an appointment and is it to end up for it to show? Sure, but you need to have the transparency to answer their questions before you can ask your own. Once you build that trust and the walls come down, 
then it becomes an opportunity to set an appointment and have a show. Before that, you don't have the right to assume that that's going to happen because you haven't earned it. You're not special at that point. Yeah, so I'd like to weigh in on this just a little bit too. Um, customers can also call into the dealership to talk themselves out of your car and talk themselves out of coming to your dealership. So, um, and uh, I think it was David you had asked about, you know, hey, you had said what's your what's the objective of when a customer calls the phone or what's the main question? Bobby answered it as the main question. I would think, and going back to what she said is about availability. We train our people, so we train the people that we train uh, to create excitement around uh, the unknown availability of the car. So if somebody says, hey, you know, I saw a car on AutoTrader online, here's the stock number, we automatically as salespeople, we train salespeople to say, oh, you know what, that's a really nice one. We've actually had a few calls on that one today. Tell you what, so I don't waste any of your time. It's going to take me about 10 minutes to go check and see if that car's still here. Are you calling from home or work? So right away before before a salesperson gives up the availability of the car, which is what they want to know, we're creating excitement about that car. That's a nice car. We've already had calls on it. Are you calling from home or work? And that number is. That way, when we come back on the line and say, you know what, great news, that, vehicle's, that vehicle is available. Speaking of availability, are you more available right now or later today? So that's, that's how we approach the availability. Great. I was gonna say, why, hey, let me ask this, and this is open to whoever. Why do we? Why do people suck so bad on the phones? Then, why do we suck? What are the sucky? What? 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 What keeps us from being awesome? I think a phone leads more. worth less, I, I, and it's not. So uh, let me just answer this real quickly, and I'm not really gonna answer the question. I'm gonna add to that, and I'd like to hear from the rest of the panel. The average price of a new car going out is thirty-one thousand dollars. Average price of the used car in the U.S. going out is twenty thousand dollars. Yet we can't handle, not we, I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of salespeople that cannot professionally talk on the phone to sell a, a big ticket item like a vehicle. So, yeah, it, it, it baffles me, but it's why we're all here. Okay, so follow up. Uh, I, I would have to say I have an answer to that, though. Matt? I mean, uh, there, there's there's a lot of companies that sell a lot of product on the phone, whether it's a, a workout machine or Bowflex or whatever it may be. The difference is, is their their business is phone. So that means the day they're hired, when they interview and everything else, they know that they're going to have to be good on the phone to succeed. So then their their owner, whatever that business is, also trains on the phone. When we hire car salespeople, we don't tell them that it requires phone skills, and our, our, our interviewing process doesn't talk about phone skills or judge a person on the ability to be able to handle a phone call. I think in order to be good on the phone, you've got to hire for the phone. And that's why, I, 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 heck, call David Villa and have one of his guys give you a sales pitch on mail. They're trained to sell mail. They yeah. do good on the phone. To be honest, David, <laughs> if I threw a couple of your guys in the showroom floor and said you need to go face-to-face -face with a dealer and sell mail, some of them might not be very good at that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Some of them will clam up and... and uh... Instantly you can't be great on the phone unless you prep for the phone. And I think that's yeah. one of the things people are missing. And the, the truth is, is I, I heard the little lines about availability and everything else. I, I'd hang up on your ass if I called about a $100,000 Mastercraft and you said, ooh, it's, it's a hot car, I don't know if, or a hot boat, I don't know if it's here, two people called on it. Let me go check and call you back. I'd say, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Before, it, it, wait, 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 so, wait, wait. Over the other 95 people that didn't hang up on me, though. I'd take your hand. Yeah. Ding, ding. 
So before you guys go into that little conversation that you just started, because <laughs> it's going to go on. So here's, here's Wait, wait, Bobby, Bobby, hold on, Bobby. Bobby, can you just, hey, Bobby, yeah. can you just hold, hold one second? Because I just want to make sure, because I don't want to forget this. Please, I'm going to come back to you next, I promise you. But Christian said something that I just want to make sure, though, so I want to clarify then what he's saying. Christian, you're saying you take that one over the 95 others, but then, I mean, is it, but are there 95 people that aren't like Matt? I mean, Matt, I think Matt's a pretty typical general manager, you know, successful general manager in the car business. Or he's an owner in GM, but, I mean, that's the way he thinks. So, I mean, is it that there are really, you know, um, 95 people that are not like that? Or is that just some sort of statistic that maybe – and I'm not talking – we're talking about we're talking about customers, but yeah. let's, let's, let's put him in the role of the consumer. Are there really 95 consumers that won't think like that and hang up yeah, and go somewhere sure. else? That's the question, um, and it goes right into like Steve Sonny. Another comment, I think he said, said the customers, and I don't know um, how you feel, Matt, about this, but they don't have real questions. They have answers because they've done 20-plus hours of research. I mean, I, I hear a lot of maybe excuses to not be good on the phone. My question is, is it an excuse to not be good on the phone, or is it really that customers do that much research? And, you know, and, you know what I'm saying? Because my sales guys that aren't here anymore that couldn't make it on the phone, they all had excuses of why they couldn't do it, but they could look at someone next to them that's making a ton of money doing it. So, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll, I'll let you guys weigh well, in. Well, how, how much of a relationship can you really build with a script like that? There's no relationship. <laughs> There's no actually asking about, so tell me, Bob, you called in this particular car. What about that particular car? Was it that sparked your interest? Oh, yeah, wow, I totally because agree. Because it had that wheel on it. Well, then when I do check a bill, it'll be on that one. Maybe I should see if there's another one that has a wheel on it. It's just, it, 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 it's so non-relationship, and it makes you sound just like any other half-assed trained I think anything you, you say that sounds like you've said it a dozen times is professional. bad. That's just not our style. Okay, Christian. If everybody, if everybody was Matt Lasko answering the phones at dealerships, you could throw scripts away and you could throw them out. I could put my five-year-old son, Max Speed, I could put my five-year-old son, Max Speed, on the phone and let him take phone-ups and say, son, all I want you to do is, is, is tell them who you are and get to know them, and he could do the job. It does not take Matt Lasko. I'm miserable on the phone. You can already tell I can't keep myself from swearing. My point is, is I think that you prep for failure when you don't teach them the depth of what real sales is. And when you yeah. band-aid it with little scripts, they never become anything more than a little script reader. Yep. Teach them what charisma, what relationship selling is, what building trust <laughs> is, and they'll become professionals. That's good. Matt, how long does that take? How long does it take for someone to be a charismatic salesperson? With their whole life. Uh, and I'll tell you where and I'll tell you where it really takes. At the time of interview. Because if you're charismatic at interview time, that's why you get hired at our dealership. If you have no charisma, then the odds are you're not going to be a charismatic salesperson anytime. And yes, you can teach them scripts to build a base. I know what you're getting. You can teach scripts to build a base. But the base literally should be, in my opinion, if they need the script and they're not trained enough to take a phone up, wait until they're good enough to take a phone up, and then you can let them do it. Hmm. Hey Bobby, let's let's go to you. You know okay. this this almost kind of brings up and and you can you can weigh in all of turn on that radio and back it. The the old question about you know is our salespeople or our BDC our internet people that are maybe just handling the phone calls, setting the appointments, are they really selling or is it just that dialogue script type of uh, routine? Go ahead and uh, give us your comments. 
So uh, I'm having a hard time hearing you guys. Are you okay to hear? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you good. Okay, perfect. So um, I kind of heard what you said, so let me address that. But first, I wanted to go back real quick to the question, why do they suck? And I'm bringing that up because I think it's so important that we recognize you've got one person on the call who's doing this in the store every day, training a, a phenomenal team. And then you've got somebody who's doing the templated side of it, and there is a need for that in stores that don't have it together. But the reason that a lot of them suck is because we as an industry do not make a priority. We'll add $10,000 to marketing, and then we'll justify our lack of sales. And then when that marketing doesn't produce sales because we didn't have our shit together, we'll blame the vendor, and then we'll never hire them back in. And the reality is that the reason managers can't train their people how to be experienced on the phone and use that charisma is because they don't know how to either. There are a million different programs to listen to your calls and get better, and there are only a handful of people that actually utilize that in real time. And it's the same whether it's a sales floor or a BBC, there's not a priority made there. That is where the problem comes in. When I do an interview for anybody in a dealership, including for clients now, the first interview is a phone interview. I want to hear your voice and your inflections. And I put stores up against each other, a BBC, a sales department, and an office with the same thought process on calling back leads or digital opportunities that were like three weeks old. In the office, you got a $25 fit, kicked the ass of every other department getting $500 fit because they didn't try to sell over the phone. They tried to generate a relationship that allowed them the ability to ask the question. And regardless of what department you're in, that's how you win. There's some actual tricks to like making people think they like you. So I don't know if we have time for that on this show, but they, well, they, there's some really shorthand methods for being yeah. having somebody feel like, damn it, I like this guy. And some of it is just being a little less professional that I've found. I, I, I spend most of my time trying to talk to somebody the way I would a friend that I've known my entire life. And I want them to wonder why I'm so comfortable with them. And I feel like that does a lot to disarm somebody. You might need scripts to get it done and you need tools to build anything. But I think if you, your mentality has to be that you're using those tools to build a relationship and not to sell a car, which I think kind of neatly combines what the two of you guys have been saying. Well, yeah, and, and he's right. And, and we're, we're going to give each of you guys a couple minutes here to, um, you know, because we're going to be bringing on uh, a couple of people that, are, that have been listening to the panel. They're going to weigh in um, and uh, give their give their opinion of some of the things that have been said. But, uh, Matt, we'll start with you and, and, and kind of going off of that. And anything you guys really want to say over a couple of minutes in closing, but going off of what Andrew said, and something I was thinking when Bobby was talking, I I mean, a phone is really, especially today, I mean, I walked into our break room during lunch and there were like five people from our company, all, all of them were looking at their phone. I mean, somebody has their phone with them at all times. And so I'm thinking that it's not really a big deal these days. Somebody's on their phone. So what? Why can't I establish a relationship? At this point, I can I can, get, I can walk from my house to my car and talk to you, sit down in my car, my Bluetooth picks up. I'm driving to your dealership. I'm talking to you. I'm driving down the road. I get out of the car. I'm still talking to you. I could literally start to sell the car over the phone. Not literally, you know, I'm saying, but I can start that relationship if, and, and, yeah. and accomplish a lot. So, Matt, give us a couple of minutes of closing, then we'll go to Christian and Bobby, and uh, we'll give you guys a couple of minutes to weigh in um, on your closing thoughts. Well, I appreciate you sliding me on there, David. I just, uh, I, I guess what I would say is, as dealers, um, there are a lot of companies out there that train different ways on phones. The truth is, is you need to make sure your store is being trained for how you do business. I think that Bobby and Christian and everybody is on point when it comes to your team needs to understand what you're marketing because you do have to be able to answer answer questions in a positive, quick fashion for a client or you will lose their trust. And the number one goal for, for us, when we get on the phone with someone, yes, we want an appointment. Yes, we want an appointment that shows, but the truth is we want to sell a car. And in our opinion, 
in the past 12 months, the most important way to close a car deal is to develop a relationship so that they'll look at you as someone they trust. And that starts on the phone. Exactly. Yeah, and um, Bobby, I'm going to go back to you real quick. Do you think that we need more management interaction when it comes to the phone? For example, you know, we, as desk managers, maybe we're too focused on, okay, it's time to go to work now that the customer's here on the floor. But what about, we, we already know that that traffic's coming in on the phone and through internet. As as sales managers, I would say that most dealers don't have a a real heavy strategy to be involved as far as from the management perspective like they are when the customer actually arrives at the dealership. Maybe talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry you broke up in that last part there. That's okay. I'm going to, if it's okay with you, Bobby, I'm going to redirect that question real quick to Matt. Matt, did you hear that? No, I'm, I'm fired away. I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, we couldn't hear you. It's, essentially, what I was saying is that do you feel like that we need, that most dealerships need more management intervention when it comes to actually working with salespeople and working the phone leads? In other words, most dealerships, maybe uh, the desk managers think that it's time to go to work when the customer is actually arriving. But isn't there much more opportunity before that customer gets there that maybe the management yeah. needs to be involved in? 100%. And I, I, I think you're onto something that's hidden. And I think that uh, there are some management within dealers that are learning it. But, heck, if my guys are weak on the phone and I'm waiting here as a desk guy and I get paid commission on, on desk and a car deal, I got nothing if they don't get here. So if I really want to control my own destiny, I need to get involved and actually try to make sure our phone skills are good and we get clients here. And I'll tell you what else. If if one of my salespeople takes a phone call when we're doing power hour and they get on the phone with someone and they say, oh, I have a manager right next to me, the odds of getting an appointment when that manager picks up the phone double. At least. Because they trust. Now, I, now, now not only do I get to hold the sales guy accountable that says, yes, he'll have my two ninety nine or he'll get me the most for my trade, but now his boss, I get to hold him accountable too. So now I trust that when I go to this dealership, I got two people's word that something's going to go right. It comes back to the trust factor, and the managers can bring right. a lot of trust to the place. That's a great. If you want to sell something more well, than an appointment, is. get your manager on the phone. That's a great way to put that. Yep. Go ahead, yeah. Bobby. The other thing is, and I say this in other presentations, and you've probably heard me say it before. If you want to go on a diet, the very best diet plan is to listen to your dealership phone calls because they will make you throw up. They are terrible. And what happens is, and I'm not trying to be, you know, a jerk about it. It's the truth. What happens is good dealerships listen to phone calls in real time. I don't care if you use a vendor. I don't care if you use your CRM. You know, there's better and best that are out there. But ultimately, every hour, why wouldn't you be listening to the calls that do not have an appointment set? And then in real life coaching your person on that call back and doing it. And the only reason that doesn't happen is because it does not make a priority. And so you bring in trainers and you bring in people to do this or you tell them to get on sessions like this where they can learn and nobody's enforcing that that's happening. And I don't think nobody in the industry is doing it right. So let's not, I don't want to generalize it. There are a lot of really great dealers out there and that's for being one of them. I wanted to work for that store eight years ago. So I agree, they're on point. I just, what I notice happening all the time is these calls come in and then you can say to them, there's 10 calls in there that can be listened to that are recorded. Did anybody listen to them today? Well, I'm going to get to them. That's a well-attaining fruit in the dealership. Get to them right now and use it as a way to teach your team how to be better instead of having to use workarounds. Show them what it means to give a real experience because if from the very start, 
to the very end, the experience is on point. That's what makes somebody choose you. And that's when you don't have to start cutting growth and doing crazy stuff because there's a reason that they're there at that point. Thank you very much. And we're going to yeah, go to Christian. And just, go ahead, Christian. You get a, clo- yeah, get a couple minutes to close out. Something real quick on that, just that. Let me tell you how time-consuming it is for for that to happen. Um, it's going to take. You have to log into your call tracking software, unless you're going to sit there and, and watch them make outbound calls and sit there and listen. When it comes to taking an inbound call, you have to log into your call tracking software. You have to fish through all of the all, all of the calls that are in there to find a good coachable call. On average, no, it's about six minutes. No, you don't. You listen to them live. Come on, Bobby. I'm on your Tag me in. Tag me in. Where's Alan at? Listen, I'm sitting in my sales tower right now. God dang it. I wish I was on freaking Skype. I'm sitting in my sales tower behind Dave Riley, my sales manager. I can see his computer. The second they page a new car phone up, I see Dave's headphones go on, and he'll listen to the call the second it hangs up. If the call's a really bad call, he picks it up and calls it himself in two minutes. Yeah, that's the key, right? You can fix a bad call if you watch it live. I have a cur- I currently have 13 deals being desked at the moment. My desk manager can actually listen to the call, desk a deal, and call and interrupt one at the same time. Because people can actually do more than one thing at once. So it is totally doable, dealers. If you are listening, listen to your dang calls. Don't give it an excuse. <laughs> Nobody said it wasn't possible. I said it's very time-consuming. Oh, oh, let, let, let Christian, We're here let twelve hours a day, anyways. There's no time to consume. No, hold on a second. If that's the objection, listen, boys. If that's the objection that there's not time to listen, we know you can hire a company like CarWork. I'm not saying they're the best tracking company, but I'm saying when you hire them, you can say only show me the phone calls that came in that did not set a hard appointment and email them to me in real time. And you know what? They do mm-hmm. right now. I don't need to listen to a hundred calls. I can listen to the three that are relevant to getting an appointment that did not get set and coaching real time and call them back. It's not who's right or wrong. Okay. It's how do you fill the void? Oh. What is the solution to the problem? Okay, thank you. Bye, Christian. Christian, hold on one second. We're going to give you now. I'm going to give you a couple minutes here and uh, and to close out and give your closing thoughts, and then we're going to have to go to our, the two guys that are holding on. Um, I, I wish this conversation could keep going. I just got two guys on hold. But go ahead, Christian. You have a couple minutes uh, to defend yourself, weigh in, give your thoughts, close out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, in close, in, to close out, I would just like to say that it is possible to give, give out too much information on the phone. You don't want to divulge everything to the customer on the phone because it doesn't allow for you to have that relationship in the showroom. You can save a lot of what you're talking about on the phone when you're building this giant relationship to actually get them in the dealership and get them on uh, in, in your showroom. And we do that by following a script, all right? You want your salespeople following a script that way because we, we've got to get back to good old-fashioned closing somebody down. You know, when I was at the dealership, if you weren't certified, if you didn't know how to answer the phone, you didn't you didn't get to take phone ups, right? You just didn't get to touch the phone. You could be a charismatic talker. You could go up to any girl in the bar and, and, and get a date that night. But if you didn't follow the phone script and ask for the appointment and visually drive them to your dealership, you weren't you weren't taking that phone call. And you know, David, you said it earlier. The phone up is the best up because the person that walks onto your lot more than likely has already had contact with your dealership in some point. 
Okay. I have another very spooky statistic on that, but I'll hold back and let you guys go on to the next callers. Well, I, hey, I, I thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys very much for coming on. It's been incredible. And you know what? I think it's been a real informative show. I think there's a lot of uh, great feedback. And um, Matt, thanks for coming on. Uh, Bobby, Christian, thank you guys very much. And I uh, hope you guys have a rest of the rest of the, great rest of the week. Thank you all very much. Nice to meet you, Christian. Bobby, good to speak with you again. And David, fire him up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks. See you, Matt. Okay, well, thank you guys. Um, we're gonna go straight. Hey guys, we're gonna go straight to our guests that have been holding. That's what I was trying to text you guys. We're gonna we'll do. We're gonna move that. We'll, we'll just go straight to the guests. We'll talk for a second while you get them on. But uh, so listen, just, let's talk about that guys. Where we bring the two guys. They've been holding. We went over. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I want to make sure that we give the the people that we're bringing on adequate time here, just to you know, um, you know, to feel yeah. to, and, and also be able to respond right away. They've already been on hold for twenty minutes. You got to give them at least time <laughs> right, to talk. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so Cribs, I'll start with you, man. Yeah. While we're waiting, I mean, you heard a heated exchange between Matt Lasco, a general manager, mm-hmm. vice president. Now Christian Salazar, he's with Phone Ninjas. Um, right. So they're selling dealer services, but at the same time, he's came, he's come out of the car business. Yes, you know he knows what he's talking about. To, you know when it comes to selling cars, mm-hmm. and then of course Bobby uh, with Cardinale Auto Group, Zmont, which is owned by Cardinale, and um, and then you know she's been in the car business forever. Um, these are strong people. Mm-hmm. They have different yep. ways of looking at. It. Now I, Matt is 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 alone the philosophy that I subscribe to, right. where and he was preaching it, and and you know that's you want to know what Tuesday is going to be about. That's what's going to be about because Matt implements it. It's an, it's it's something different, man. It's an insight, and, and they were saying it, and Bobby said something. There's no one out there doing it right. That phrase is from Cutco, the power hour. Yeah. Well, For, I mean, yeah. Well, you just jam the – I mean, that's that's yeah. from the good classic inside sales. Yeah, you know. absolutely. But, I mean, but the thing is is that it doesn't exist in the car business as a rule. They don't understand it. If Chris yeah. – what Christian's saying, and I want to load your lip, but if he's saying, hey, it's too kind, time-consuming to do all of this, certainly dealers don't understand to do what Matt's doing. And I'm telling you right now, straight up, he's delivering not a few, dozens – of extra cars yeah. a month that would not be delivered if it weren't for this. Right. Well, it, let's take what's really working there. Let us know there. when you guys it, are ready. You know, what he's really done is he's created some action by <clears throat> having his sales manager and himself being able to just dial right into the call right there or listen to yeah, it. It's an automatic you know, TO, right? Right. In, uh, in other words, they're engaged yeah. with that phone activity versus being disengaged. And, you know... what Again, I, I'm a I'm a also a subscriber of hey I know we're all busy at the desk but we can still listen to the calls and if we're going back you know three days later to listen to uh, taped calls we're only listening to them for coaching reasons not to actually rescue right. that deal or that appointment it's way too late if you don't get it within a few minutes um, but I think that the overall what we really got from the dealers was why do we suck on the phones because. Unlike when a customer is actually physically at the store, we have this kind of road to the sale or our process within the dealership. That's missing in in most cases on yeah. the phones. Um, I think what Christian brought to the table was, hey, because it's missing, we've got the script, this powerful script, and it's that process is much better than no process. You right. know, we can argue the points back and forth with with his or, his or Matt's, and I understood Matt's too. I'm probably a little bit more of a subscriber of that. But I want to bring up one thing before I uh, pass it back to you, is the fact that we started this conversation by talking about um, the fact that when a customer calls in, how important is it for the salespeople on the other end to understand what the customer is seeing on the other side, whether that be online, 
um, through advertisements, radio, but mm -hmm. the deal yeah. that we're presenting and they call, what's the worst thing as a consumer when you call to check on something and you get someone that doesn't no, even no know clue. about the yeah, deal? Um, but how but refreshing They were saying, is, it, is that management's fault or is that the sales staff's fault? Well, that's really, in my opinion, management's fault right. because you've got to get that message to the people that are actually going to be on the phones. Right. Um, but when on the flip side, when you call in somewhere guess, right. and someone recognizes what you're talking about immediately, how comforting is that? Or imagine yeah. making a mistake and having somebody call you back, you know, to fix it. Yeah. My, I, right. When I was getting ready to go to basic training, I had a drill sergeant. I'm like, what, what, what's it like there? And he says to me, well, sometimes we give private 10 minutes worth of shit to do and five <laughs> minutes of time to do it just to see what he does. And I think he made a great point. Your, your so manager's Russian. I was saying, were you in the? You were in the I, I don't do a good Puerto Rican accent. I think it's a real problem. Oh, Puerto Rican. Uh, he's Puerto Rican. Hey, 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 let's bring our guest over. But, but, quick, but he's been waiting. Uh, let me finish this one little thought. Yeah, ahead, he, yeah. he said he's, the dealers are there for twelve hours a day. He's right. They can yeah. be busy. They can be slammed, and they can still do this if it's a priority. And that's well, the thing is they have other priorities. What's the end game? That it actually helps you sell more cars. So isn't that important? How much is it? It's okay to be busy and still find a way to add stuff to your schedule. Amen. So the next up. Next up. We have two fine gentlemen on the phone and on Skype. We have Mr. Alan Ram. Mr. Alan Ram. We have Mr. Danny Benitez, who is now a partner at a dealership. What, what, what dealership are you a partner at? It's uh, Flint Hills, Ford, and Hyundai, huh? No. Flint Hills. Yeah. Paper right here. Ford, Mazda. Ford, Mazda, and Hyundai. Hyundai. Yeah. Well, awesome, guys. Well, let's, let's, uh, good to have you both. Alan, you with us too, buddy? Yes, sir. Awesome. Okay, so uh, go ahead, guys, and weigh in. I well, know. Well, hold on a minute. What? I want to ask. I want to ask him some questions. Oh, well, you didn't say you had to ask him a question. You said let him get on the phone. You're all antsy, hey, and now no, matter, no matter what you ask me, I'm gonna, no matter what you ask me, I'm going to say whatever I want anyway. So go I, ahead. I, I knew like, that, Alan. I, I thought I was debate, huh? I, I knew that. No, I, just, I thought he was going to use a script. <laughs> he's like, well, hold on. I, I don't want Dave's to... using a script I didn't know about. Apparently, he's that, he's that manager. It's not a script. Hang on, let, let me look at my let me look at my prepared notes here. Well, okay, here, go ahead. Here's the, well, here's the thing. The only reason I want to ask a question is, or just maybe some sort of order, or it would be like throwing raw meat into a a, a freaking pen of pit bulls, mm. you know, and then and then you know Delicious. it'll be over really quick. So right, let's go to let's go to uh, Alan first. And so you listen to the panel. We had uh, we had um, Christian Salazar, Phone Ninjas on, Bobby Heron um, with Cardinal Auto and Zmont, and uh, Stacy Ellison couldn't make. It. We have Matt Lasco on, and they got a little bit heated at the end. We were we were talking about you know owning the phone, and you know Matt Allen right. and Danny. Matt has this uh, philosophy because he's implemented it, and he's selling dozens of additional vehicles every month. I mean dozens that he wasn't selling a year ago by aggressively going after an inside sales approach. Um, and um, so he was a little bit, you know, in disagreement with the Christian when it came to monitoring, having the time and things of that nature. Do you want to weigh in on that a little bit? I, do I want to weigh in on that? Do we do we need to add? Do I want to weigh in on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, Bobby Heron hit the nail on the head. And then when Matt, Matt Lasko, this argument that managers don't have time to listen to sales calls. I'm sick of hearing that. You know, if we did, in fact, we come we come to work every day to sell cars okay no one's going to dispute that so if we did in fact come to work to sell cars what could be more valuable than listening to customers in real time as bobby said that what they called in they, they want to buy a car and quickly resolving missed opportunities to do business just like and i always equate it this way just like managers there's no dealer that's going to be okay with salespeople blowing customers out on a lot okay we will we, we'd never let that happen but we let it happen how many times a day on the phone so yeah i absolutely 
am in 100% agreement with, with Matt Lasko and uh, Bobby Heron on that. Managers have the time. Obviously, it's in conflict with, with some uh, business models that say, hey, guys, you don't have the time. Let us do it. Okay? I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a weak approach. Managers have to listen to their own sales calls. So let's let's thank you, Alan. Let's go to you, Danny. Weigh in on what you heard uh, throughout this panel. Well, I'll, I'll continue on what Alan said. I uh, I'm blessed with the new opportunity here, but it hadn't changed my approach to to phone calls. I to this day listen to every phone call that comes in this dealership, uh, start to finish. In addition to that, we have a service that transcribes emails. And I, while we were sitting here, I had on my watch. Uh, there was an abandoned call with the caller ID number uh, that uh, my sales manager right now is calling back to, to take that call. So uh, it's a matter of, it's not a matter of if anyone has any time. It's, are you going to take the time to do the things that are important? I agree with what David said at the very beginning of the show that uh, there's nothing, to me, there's no bigger missed opportunity than a phone at a dealership. And that's not revolutionary. But uh, they're going towards an effort. I mean, they're online looking at umpteen different vehicles, several different dealerships. They found the vehicle, the price, everything they wanted. They like it so much that they decided to call a car salesperson. Are you kidding me? Uh, this, this is a great opportunity. So how do we handle it? Sales, Charlie, uh, or whatever. Or you have some uh, you know, 12-year-old that's, that's memorized something. I don't think, I'll jump on the other side a little bit. I don't think scripts are a bad idea as long as they're worked in conjunction with concepts. I teach concepts. Uh, I teach our people to really understand that it is building a relationship, that the message has to be consistent with what they've seen online. We have to continue. And more important, uh, really, than anything is to listen what the, uh, to what the customer is saying. And then you want to give the opinion or the approach that we've got what you need. So you open the funnel. Secondly, if that doesn't work and you can't get the appointment or you can't get that relationship started, then we go to the second concept, which is you've got what we need. We start talking about the vehicle that they're currently driving. There's no better roadmap than finding out what they're driving, how they bought it, how they used it, and perhaps Uh why they're trading it. And then get an opportunity. Let me ask you a question. Even if we didn't have what you wanted, would you be able to bring that in and let us buy that whether you bought from us or not? We're giving big money for those vehicles right now. And you take another swing at the uh, appointment. So we teach concepts with underlying scripts. So it's probably a little bit of a hybrid. But uh, I think if you're a, whether you're a sales manager, used car manager, new car manager, general manager, if you're not listening to calls, uh, it's your biggest leak in the dealership. Is it out? Uh, absolutely. And, and again, a lot of the issues that we have in this industry are caused by because we have managers that don't necessarily know how to manage and we've got training that isn't necessarily training because let's face it so much stuff that's called training in the automotive industry isn't training if if you don't have look, look at how sports teams train okay if i go to a baseball game i'm going to see obviously these guys are educated they have to understand baseball but then they simulate they take batting practice fielding practice every single day then they're held accountable so that you've got education simulation accountability if it doesn't happen if it wouldn't work 
on a sports team, a baseball team, for example, a football team, it's not going to work on your sales team. So, again, if you're missing the step, the accountability, accountability let's go back to that, and not listening to your sales calls, which it, 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 we live in an age of such incredible, it's so easy to hold our people accountable in this one area with the technology that's out there. It's so easy to do that. So if we're not listening to sales calls, for example, holding our people accountable, if we're not simulating, doing a little bit of role playing with our, with our team, five, 10 minutes a day, whether it be our salespeople or our BDCs, if we're not educating properly, we're not going to get what we want. And, you know, it, it's, and I agree uh, with what Matt said. I agree with what Danny's saying. It, it's not necessarily about a script, okay? It's about a concept. There's nothing wrong. The people have to have a game plan, okay? I, you know, you, you, I, I think that Matt said it very well. You have a script to build a base. You have to know where you're going, okay? But more than anything, it's about messaging, okay? It's about messaging. Why would I want to come in to Danny's dealership? Let's face it, so much, so many of these scripts and so many of these word tracks and so, many, so much of what salespeople and BDC reps are taught in this industry is smile. A smile can be heard over the phone. Okay, I'll take that. Get their name and number. Don't tell them anything. Set up an appointment they probably won't show up for. Nobody comes into your dealership because you've got their name and phone number. Hey, honey, I just spoke to this dealer, this salesperson at Lasco Ford. He got our name and number. Let's get down there. They don't show up because you set up an appointment with people. Let's face it. You know, a lot of people will set up an appointment with your salesperson just to get off the phone because it's the fastest way off the phone. They come into your dealership because of messaging. Why should I come to that dealership? And the one gentleman, uh, the, 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 the ninjas guy, uh, Christian, right? That was his name? Yep. Yes. Okay. He's talking about, let me check on that car, and that's a very popular car. Let me get your name and number. Oh, yes, sir, I'm familiar with that car. That's a beautiful car. Here's what anyone that's been in retail for more than 15 minutes will know. Danny, how often does a customer call into your dealership or come into your dealership looking for one car? They saw something online. They come into your dealership, and how often do they end up buying something completely different? Studies show it's about 74% and about 50% end up buying a different brand. Hey, Alan. 50% end up buying a different brand. So let me just finish this one thought. There was a study done that showed that customers – People that call into a dealership, if a customer sees a vehicle online, and it, the, 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 the purpose of advertising a vehicle online isn't necessarily to sell that vehicle. It's to sell any vehicle, okay? Once they call, the ad did its job, okay? So when a customer calls up, I understand that when that customer comes in, they might call on that vehicle, but when they come in, statistics show there's only a 19% chance. There was actually a study done on this. There's only a 19% chance that they're going to buy the vehicle that they originally called on. 81% of the ones that buy, buy something different. So why would we only talk about one vehicle? Yes, sir, I'm very familiar with that one vehicle. Because now all you end up doing is saving that customer a trip. Now they want to know, oh, what color's the interior? Oh, it's gray? Yeah, we want it beige. If it's beige, they want gray. Does it have navigation? No, it doesn't have navigation. Yeah, we wanted navigation. There's always, when all you're talking about is one vehicle, there's always, it's too easy to save someone a trip. What is the messaging? What are the reasons we're 
we're giving them in addition to this one vehicle to come down to the dealership. And that that's what I would focus on is the messaging. Sure. Hey, Cribs, yeah, real quick. Yeah. Dane, let me just clarify. Hey, Dane, let me clarify something real quick before I before I forget it because I, I, I uh, this is uh, Christian did tweet and I, uh, we saw the tweet a few minutes ago that he said I want to I want to set the record straight. So um, and I want to say what he said. He goes, I didn't say managers don't have time. I said it was time consuming. So I just want to say that he he wanted to correct the record that he didn't say that managers didn't have time. He said it was time consuming. Um, I, we don't have time to listen back and see, but that's what he said. No, so I can I I'll, I'll, well his boss. Hang on, his boss said. Managers don't have time. Uh, I'll, I'll defend Christian for a second. He, he didn't say that. And I will tell you right now, it is time-consuming. And I take the time to do it because it's important. But it is time-consuming, I'll agree. And I will also defend. I've read through uh, Phone Ninja scripts as I have 37 other scripts. And one of the things about Phone Ninja scripts that uh, what Alan's point is, is that they do teach to open the funnel. I teach the same thing with a little hybrid. A twist to it, but it's not, uh, you know, that specific vehicle, but you open the funnel and let them know you have many, many options that will fit their needs, then turn back to listening. So um, the script uh, does does teach, and, and their, their company does teach to open the funnel, which I think is important. Something that uh, I think that we, we all have to realize is that always and never – I've said this on the show before, always and never are the two most dangerous words in the car business. Because uh, I think sometimes we we get super focused in on one way of doing business. And there are a lot of different size dealerships. And there's a lot of different personnel opportunities for people. And I think one of the best things we can teach, not just ourselves, but our people, is to be nimble and to understand that, that the customer's are changing and we need to listen and adapt and we need to hire and train people smart enough to be able to adapt to situations. And the last point I'll make is there is one thing I think that's more important than training phone skills and it's training managers how to train. Uh, because we can talk about that all day long, but what Alan, uh, Alan alluded to is that if they don't know how to train uh, it doesn't matter what scripts or what phone skills they have. The, the managers at your dealership have to understand uh, the philosophy of training and how to train. And for God's sake, do the training. Uh, because along with bad phone skills, the lack of training in dealerships, whether it be from people like Alan or the day-to-day-to-day concentrating on the dealership, is severely, severely lacking. And if we would focus on training and teaching in helping people understand the why uh, as to what we're doing and not just the how, uh, we'll be miles ahead and we will uh, follow this experiential journey that we're seeing in the carpet. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that uh, that I really keyed in on, and, you know, I think Alan brought it up, and then I'll, I'll also piggyback on what Danny just mentioned, but, um, you know, Alan said, you know, we would not let you know, customer after customer walk on our lot and, and then walk away. You know, we wouldn't let a salesperson blow them out, but we do it every day with our phones when we're not holding people accountable with the phones. And to go back to kind of Danny's point, and by the way, Danny, it's very refreshing that you're listening to every call as a managing partner. That not only tells me about your leadership, but also I, I almost wish sometimes that the customer 
could see these types of things because I think the customer would appreciate the fact that the owner or general partner is actually listening in to make sure that they're getting the service they deserve. But, uh, but to, to kind of sum it up, you know, I think that when you're in a dealership who has good practices, then the next sales manager, the person who's promoted from the floor to the desk, now that's a natural thing to have a good practice. And when you don't have these things in place, you just you keep breeding that you know that kind of gunslinging mentality that just isn't going to help your dealership. But uh, gentlemen, you guys are awesome. I want to thank you for being on today. And um, just give us a closing comment real quick, Alan, and let dealers know how to reach you, and then we'll do the same with Danny. Yeah, absolutely. It's management. It all boils down to, again, and I, I, I say this all the time, most of the issues that we have at these dealerships are because we have managers that don't necessarily know how to manage and, and training that isn't necessarily training, okay? Going to listen to me talk or anyone else talk for eight hours isn't training. It's educational. It's not training. And the reason we have managers, going back to that point, the reason we have managers that don't necessarily know how to manage is because look at where most managers come from. Most managers become, most people become managers because they're good salespeople. Well, taking the best salesperson on the floor and making them your managers, kind of like the NFL equivalent of taking the best football player on the team and making them the coach, the, the, the best players in NFL history haven't been the best coaches. It's a completely different skill set. And what, what, what I think is important for managers to understand is their most important function in 2016 and going forward is managing activity, making sure their people or your people are doing the right thing the right way at the right time to drive traffic and training and really how to train. Because again, I didn't know how to train when I was a sales manager at a dealership. I, I don't think I knew actually how to train for two years after someone was, after people were calling me a trainer. So it really is, we, we need to do a better job at teaching our managers how to do their jobs. And one thing I would encourage people, and by the way, did my Ram on fire play today? I joined late. Did you guys, did my Ram on fire play? No, it's playing after you're done. <laughs> okay. Fantastic! I, I'll look forward to that. It's uh, this, uh, this it's a good one. But then again, I think that they're all good ones. But I'd like to encourage people to come to my management by fire workshop. It's two and a half days of me teaching managers processes for conversion of opportunities and driving uh, driving traffic. Not only how to handle calls, okay, that that's wonderful. But how do we make sure it's getting right, done done correctly? How do we monitor our calls? How do we call customers back when mis when opportunities are mishandled? But I spend just as much time on outbound opportunities these days as I do on inbound because there's an even bigger opportunity in outbound. So. Our, uh, my email is alan at alanram.com, A-L-A-N at alanram.com, and our phone number here is 866-996-4665. And, uh, hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. Mr. Danny Benitez. Yes, I think the moral of the story today is uh, do something. Uh, when it comes to your phone, do something. And if, if using a service, phone ninjas, scripts, whatever, that's monitoring, that's coaching, you're doing it yourself. I'll tell you the overwhelming majority of people that are listening to this program and dealerships across the country, they're really doing nothing. They may want to give in on this argument, but when you go in and spy in on their dealership, nothing's happening. Calls are being mishandled. Uh, and, and if using a service like phone ninjas uh, is, is 
doing something rather than nothing, we'll then take that step and progress. Uh, I I think raising awareness on this is just, it's always been an issue. And until we get our head out, uh, it's going to always be an issue. And uh, really, I think the next talking point and really the subject of the workshop that I'm going to be doing for too long is uh, is about the big show. We talk about phone-ups. We talk about setting the appointment, getting them to show. And then they show up, and then we go, now what? Uh, And and creating and continuing that experience once you've done a good job on phones and they show up at the dealership, I think it's something that's not talked about enough. So uh, bottom line is, uh, if, if you're listening today, and you're just not doing anything, whether you're not listening and you don't have scripts or you're just kind of faking it or, or, or you're just in denial, uh, do something. Take a step to make sure that, that phone calls are a priority to your dealership and that it is probably the fastest way to turn things around at your dealership. It's the biggest squeaky wheel at your dealership, I promise you. If you don't believe me, listen to your calls. Do it without a lot of sharp objects near because you're going to be pissed once you listen to it. And uh, and another thing is don't use these call recordings as a weapon with your people. They will just jack you. They'll avoid it. Use it as a tool. You let them listen to it, and they're trained properly. They'll know when they screwed up. And, and use it as a tool and not as a weapon. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the mic. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Danny. All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining us, man. Have a re- have a rest of the good weekend, a great weekend. Alan Ram and Danny Benitez. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, y'all take care. You too. What do you say, man? Andrew, man, you I don't know. I tell you, Bobby's been lighting it up with the tweets for a while. I mean, she's like, she's the, like I didn't, wasn't done yet. On. Yeah, she was not done oh, yet. She is not done. She's on a balcony. Way man. too early. Uh, just as you know, she's she she might have fallen off that balcony tweeting so hard. Right? Hey, you know what, man? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm a big proponent. We're gonna we're gonna um bringing Ram, and, Ram on fire. It's the next up um, here in a second. But I'm going to say this, and, and again, you know, that's what I'm talking about on Tuesday, and I believe it can be done. I, I'm telling you, I am a – you know, it's funny you heard something, and, um, you know, you heard uh, Danny say something's better than nothing. But, you know, I would say that something very good is better than something – yeah. at all yeah, <laughs> and i think I that people can and i think matt lasco said it earlier you know i mean we're talking about human beings i mean yeah. my god yeah. yep. you know we're talking about the evolution of of a human and um i mean i you know there's things i do today my 73 year old father-in-law you know i mean it's is it's on you know social media and texting and you know, i mean 73 right. he used I mean, the analogy of a, of a sports guy I mean, swings of the bat Man, that's how you get to become a pro. Swing it 10,000 times. And if you want to wait out on the lot to get good at talking to customers, get good at, like you said, concepts, mm-hmm. putting those concepts in their head, why trade, why, why upgrade, mm-hmm. less miles, do it on the phone. Yeah. You, you, can, yeah. you can sit down and try 40 times. And if you fail all 40 of them, yeah. <laughs> you're still going to be better on the 41st. So you get to do a little Monday morning quarterbacking and get better, where you can go out there on the lot, spin your tires all day, and maybe pop a car deal. But 10 years down the road, maybe you're not benefiting as much as you would by doing those power hours, putting those phone calls, those outbound phone calls down the road. Uh, you're going to get better. Forget the fact that it'll make you money. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that professional uh, player, by the way, that's hitting 10, that's hit 10,000 balls to get where he's at, it's just as important to him at his level to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. which I think is pretty powerful as well. Sure and, and I'm just going to I'm gonna do a shameless plug for you too. But Because, uh, you know, after 27 years of being in the car business and over-the-phone sales and being plugged in here for a couple of years, listening, there's nobody better on the phone than David Villa. I'm just going to say it right now. So if you have an opportunity True. to go and listen in to a workshop, 
I'm sorry, for free? I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. So. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're the best, then are you a pacer or a sitter? Because to me, this is Come like a, this is a big, no, well, this is a big dichotomy think? here. What do you think? What do you think? I think he starts off sitting but gets excited and starts walking. He's a hybrid. Uh, actually, he thinks you're a hybrid. No, I stand. I, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. If I'm at a desk, but I'm walking because I'm usually walker. not at my desk. I'm usually out in the sales room, and I just walk up to one of the empty desks. But and, and can I just say? I'm a walker. I'm a, a, walker. Oh, yeah, I'm a walker. My sales went down when I broke my feet. <laughs> Let me just say this, too, because I think this is important to point out. But when Dave gets on a call, whether it's a dealer he's calling, because he'll make cold calls, right? It, like, if there's nothing happening in the room or if it's not, you know, we're not getting yep. the success we need at that moment, Dave will pick up the phone and make a cold call and show us, hey, I'm going to get a dealer on the phone, and he'll do a cold call. But whether he's doing a cold call or whether it's a TO, no matter what it is, when he's on the phone, everything stops. If, if you're not on a call, you're listening because it's that impressive. You want to stop and take it all in. Well, well, I thank you guys. Well, I, I'm, I want to I want to teach and I want to teach on Tuesday what I'm going to do. We had literally within an hour. You got here right about an hour before the show. We had 50 people join just in that hour to, mm-hmm. to come into the workshop. We started advertising last night, and uh, so it's free. It's virtual workshop. It's on how to own the phone. And I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to train. So somebody tweeted out, "Hey, it's good to get some tips on the show." Some people just don't like to tell you what they're doing. Well, this is going to be nothing but what to do and and i'm i'm a proponent matt if you were passionate and turned on by matt lasco i'll just say this matt's been a client for eight years of mine a friend a client uh, for eight eight years and um if you were impressed and passionate about what matt said and how he said it and how he kept saying some things that you don't really hear all the time like he kept insisting that there's inside sales you know, tips and tricks and, and, and you know and things of that nature. Sure. Then that's what then that's what this well, is. Well just about. how fired up you are about it should should give somebody the cause to want to know why is David so excited? Because, and, and, well so I just am a firm believer that it can help a dealership do something that no one else is doing, which I believe that is what Tracy Myers calls the unfair advantage. Yep. What other people call the edge. You know, mm-hmm. that that's your edge. Yeah. And uh, when Absolutely. you do something that someone else doesn't do. So go to, where do you go? You go to not our website, SerialSalesPro.com. That's where the training uh, site is, but it's Serial S. By the way, I saw Danny Benitez say Serial like with a C. <laughs> you saw that? Serial, as in, unfortunately, Serial Killer. Like Serial, right. S-E-R-I-A-L. Right. Sales.pro. You can register right there. It's free and you get a code. And uh, it's Tuesday at 10 a.m. But um, It anyway. pretty much means that you can't stop selling. Yeah. Which is what you say too, right? Right. You just you can't. can't you can't selling. help it, man. You're a serial sales pro. You can't stop selling. You can't stop. No, you can do. I can't stop. Try. So, without further ado, man, we got to ram off. I'm anxious. To, I'm anxious to see you guys see this. <laughs> Come on. We can't see you, but I'm. You know, the next up is Ram on Five. I'll do it. I'll do it all. <laughs> Tommy, how many days? Tommy's like, uh, yeah. How are you? Didn't even show. I was gonna say, okay, bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. Huh? huh? The next up is Ram on. God fire. bless you. Good night. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions, and here's what's got me fired up today. Turnover. No, not that kind of turnover. This kind of turnover. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, U.S. car dealerships' rampant employee turnover is worsening. In fact, the three-year employee retention rate at dealerships reached a new low last year. Here's the bottom line according to a recent study. Only one-third of all sales consultants are reaching the three-year milestone. Let that sink in. Statistically speaking, if you hire someone today, 
you've only got a one in three chance that person will make it to the three-year point. So why do people leave? Isn't it typically because they're not making any money? We tell them a bunch of great stories about how the sky's the limit in the automotive industry and you can do anything you want, but then we don't teach them what they need to do in order to be successful. They don't make any money, they lose confidence, not only in themselves, but the dealership as well. They panic and they quit. How many great people have we hired into this industry only to lose them because we dropped the ball when it came to actually teaching them everything they need to know in order to be successful? And then, rather than recognizing our organizational deficiency, we have the unfortunate habit of repeating our mistakes or worse yet, blaming it on the person that we didn't train that didn't make it. It's our organizational obligation to train our employees. Yes, right. training, that is absolutely the key to stopping your turnover problem. Of course it's the answer. What did you expect me to say? If it's so obvious, and it is, why aren't we doing a better job of it as an industry? Why is training seen as optional? I've had more than one general manager and owner recently tell me that their manager wasn't really into training. Once again, that's a great statement to put to the say it out loud test. Say it out loud and see how ridiculous it makes you feel to say it. My manager isn't really into training. So is your manager into incompetence and underperformance? Because that's what you get when you don't train your freaking people. Training isn't in the budget. How much does it cost you in missed opportunities to not train your people? Is that in the budget? Let me keep this going. Recently, a lot of attention has been paid to people being shot by police officers. Now, calm down and pay attention to what I'm about to say, because if you get pissed off, it's because you weren't paying attention to what I said. I'm going to give you something different to think about when it comes to these issues that no one's talking about. There are times when deadly force is justified and other times when clearly it's not. We've definitely had a lot of clearly it's nots lately. Here's my take. Obviously, there can be more than one factor in play and I'm not discounting any other factors, but here's one additional angle to consider. It's not the only angle, but it's an additional angle. I have a good friend of mine who is a former Marine sniper who works with a lot of police departments. He says that the underlying issue in many of these situations is poor training. When city slash budgets and departments are forced to cut, the first thing they cut is training. And once they start cutting, they don't stop and they cut deep. At some of these departments, training has been cut back to the point where it's almost non-existent. And we're surprised we're having a problem? Of course we're having a problem. Whenever you don't make it a priority to teach people to do their jobs, and do them the right way, you're going to have a problem. I can assure you that the departments that have the best training also have the least number of incidents. If you do in fact have a turnover problem, all I'm asking you to do is an honest assessment to determine if you're putting your people in the best possible position to succeed. The best organizations start training from day one and never stop. That's an absolute fact and no one can dispute that. If you'd like us to help you with a process to help you train your staff better, faster, and smarter, please call us at 866-996-4665. Thanks a lot for letting me get that off my chest.
we're back for the hurricane version. Hey, did, say that again, man. That was pretty cool. Or this part of no, the no, end. No, and we're back. I do my one own sound time, effects. And we're back. See, he you was on Police good, Academy. Huh? It got worse. Like you guys need to get a soundbite of that. The first one was good. Very organic the first time. Then it was forced. Real quick, Lou, Ezra. We're going to be quiet for like a couple seconds, and then he's going to come in like that so we can get a clean soundbite. Because when he's not here, that would be really cool to play that, huh? Right. Like, on right. his, like on the second right. for what's next Now movie? I got the pressure. And nope. See, I nope. missed it. Hold on. <laughs> and we're back. Try nope. it again. Let's try, try to isolate the first one. And you gotta be quiet, Tony. Give me the Wayne's World. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. I'll do a better one at home. That's good, man. <laughs> but hey, Alan Ram, good to see the fire persist even through a Cat 5 hurricane. <laughs> Can't even squel- squelch. Didn't no even fire. slow him down. Nope. Well, yeah, the, the listeners don't know, Andrew, that we're sitting inside of a bunker right now. Tommy wouldn't do the show <laughs> any other way. So everything around us in Tampa here is destroyed. Tampa. This, we is, our, this is our the prepper bunker. This, this is, is when, when the zombie apocalypse happened. This is where we're hanging out. And we'll be doing a show from here. So it works out pretty good. So this conversation turned a lot into like build a relationship, which I couldn't agree with more i'm a relationship guy i started off selling toys door to door and when you're holding a purple coloring book or a crayon box in your hand or something goofy it really isn't about the crayon box or the knives it's about you know the customer uh that you're trying to get involved and i would get people that would give me money just just because they liked me and so you really start to learn and i tried to hit some of the ho- the guests with that is tough sale man. Yeah, give me some examples though of things you can do that make people kids. think they like you <laughs> No, it is. Well, that was exactly the question. God forbid you answer yes to that. Yeah. Um, God forbid you yeah, like, shows up at your door gotcha. and asks, do you have kids? But it was just a string of yeah, jokes, like really. It really wasn't even selling no the kids. toys. But so what, one of the things I wanted to give a few, a few of my own little pointers that I think help put people at ease. You have to understand, too, that the customer, somebody else had already said this, they want the car that they're calling in on. So mm-hmm. for you to put more energy into that is so mm-hmm. redundant. It's not even funny. And I think somebody else said, you can even talk them out of it almost as easily as you can talk them into it. Oh, it doesn't have leather? Crap. You know, why mm-hmm. did I go down that road? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the first things that really matter is to ask questions. To use a very crude example, I used to read a book about being a pickup artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things they always said was, don't Hopefully talk. Hopefully that wasn't when you were selling toys during no, it was around okay. the same area. Okay. Uh, but I said, you know, I don't, there was a reason I was just attracted to you. Just ask questions. It's the Columbia. Not to make you uncomfortable. Uh, but no, just ask questions. Let the let the female talk, right? Because you don't have mm-hmm. anything to say. And if you're in a sales position where it's kind of prey predator, it's the same thing. So ask them, where are you coming in from? Where do you work? Mm-hmm. When did you get off work? They'll ask themselves, why is he yeah. asking me this, right? To be yeah. all about the car or all about the appointment out of the gate tells them what your motive is, and it's to sell a car and not to build a relationship. You ask them right. where they, when they're getting off work, where they work, what side of town they're coming in on, anything other than the yeah. thing that you're there to do. It'll buy traction, and it'll buy that emotional resonance that'll get you a deal. Interested people are interesting. Yeah, and, and if you can get them off topic, then you can you have an opportunity you to connect. divert them. Yeah, right. I mean there was times I talked to people about their shop for 10, 15 minutes, and then I'd say, "You got kids?" Because yeah. then then they're done. They already admitted yeah. that we, we were dialoguing, we we're doing. I got the car they want. So get out of your own way on that would be my first tip. And the second tip is get up and move. I'm a walker, and when somebody's sitting down making twenty phone calls, they start to sound like somebody's sitting down yeah, making do. twenty That's phone calls, point. and you're terrified to go in there and sit next to that person because they're gonna suck right onto you. So when you say, "I'll be here tonight," don't say that. Make it sound like like you're busy and you're going to carve out time for them. Make it very clear you'll have time for them. But I find that uh, if I know I'm going to call somebody back and I expect them to answer, when I was selling cars, I'd go out to their car just to have a place to walk back from. So being half out of breath, and it, they, I don't have to tell them I'm busy. It's implied. And that's, and that's the part of being on the phone is people don't know what you say. They know what they hear. Mm-hmm. And that's, that comes from tone of voice and voice, voice inflection. So by just being busy, by letting them hear me go through doors, open up car doors and moving around, it told them that two things, that they were not the most important part of my day and that I was literally going to carve out time of a, from a busy schedule. 
for them. Now that time sounds like it has an inherent value that it didn't have when I was just sitting at a desk asking for them to give me their time. Now I've, I've set it up without saying it that I want to give you some of my time, which is a lot different uh, offering than, hey, so what about giving me some of your time? That's good stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's That's right good. on point. Mm. Good stuff, man. So, uh, that, was, that was so good. It almost was too good to end abruptly like that. You well, know, no, I'll, let's end it abruptly. My, my commercial is first up this week, so let's go from something smart I said to what One, I'm selling. Two, three, Uh-oh. four, I declare thumb war. Oh, tag team. What? Tag hey. team. Hey, All so, right. so uh, we guess we're going to go to – real quick, so, uh, good show. Yes. In case we don't shows. survive the day. Yes. Five o'clock. Here's what's happening with the hurricane, too. I just checked the track. Not only is it – it's not going to hit – it's going to hit the East Coast, right? That's a given. But then it's look. The track shows it's going to circle back around. There's a trough that's carrying the thing. It's not even going to go to North Tommy. Carolina now. It's hey, going to circle Tommy, back around. Enough with the trough. Hey we guys, to to trough. trough. We're going to go to commercials and end the show. Uh, but before yeah. we do that, we have upcoming shows. We have human capital, customer loyalty, uh, dealer principal show, subprime. How to increase your ROI for marketing dollars. And we're going to come back and circle back into this show, kind of oh. because we're doing kind of we're doing a like BDC to floor sales 101. BDC nice. to floor sales 101. It's a little different, but it's uh, kind of has a lot to do with uh, kind of what we're talking about in some ways. What do you think? Good show? Great show. I thought it was, was just full of content and the right content. Much, I saw a tweet that said that too. Much, Not less talking, but much less of just talking and a lot more of uh, arguing and having opinions that make sense. I thought, it was, I, thought, like that? I thought it was a good show. Yeah, yeah. somebody was saying, you know, show. it's easy to get up and talk for two minutes, but that doesn't mean you said much. But yeah. I think our guests said a lot. And they made had, our jobs easy. Yeah, had some nice debates. Did. So, yeah, it was a good show. Thank I'm you, looking Andrew. forward to your commercial, man. Uh, What's next first? media? Right here. Andrew Myers. <laughs> Check him out. How do they get you to your get, website, How do you man? plug, plug <laughs> yourself? With the, killing me. Well, your, your commercial's coming up first, but uh, just tell the listeners how to uh, do Yeah, so well, whatsnext.pro, P-R-O. And, and you're I've got a video examples. pro, man. Yeah, we make videos for car dealerships all over the country, so we're, an, uh, you know, we're a national company. We've got partners all over. Uh, most of the stuff we make, we make in Seattle one time, and then we brand it. You'll see in the commercial, I mean, we have actual videos with real customers that we can put in your showroom, on your showroom floor, digitally. And uh, the people watching the video would never know. It's a really cool trick. It costs less than doing it yourself. And we've bottled that salesy message in Seattle and been able to test it with other dealers before you even get involved. But check out the commercial. It's very cool. When you see the guy move on the green screen, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> we'll see you guys next week, man. Thanks to Andrew Myers for hanging out with us. Thanks, yep. Dave. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Hurricane Matthew. God bless you. Good night. The We Get It series is a set of customer-driven videos highlighting real reasons to buy from your dealership. This series features real car buyers digitally inserted into your showroom to create a unique but authentic message that your customers will relate to. At What's Next Media, the footage we produce and customer opinions that we have on file are compiled with your custom scripts, music, graphics, logos to create an effective uniquely affordable set of custom videos. Let us do all the hard work. You take all the credit. Hi, I'm Chip Perry. Earlier this year, we made a pledge to dealers that outlined some major changes designed to make TrueCar a more positive place for you to do business. I can't say enough how valuable your feedback has been and how much we believe that your ongoing advice and guidance will enable us to continue to improve our service to you in meaningful ways. On behalf of everyone at TrueCar, I want to sincerely thank you for your support and guidance while we are making these fundamental changes needed to ensure that TrueCar works better for you. See more at TrueCar.com pledge. 
Jason Rice from LotPop, and let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on, trend reports. We look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line, and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at automotiverevolution.com and our weekly video tips at increaseturn.com. Thanks. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first-class trainers, the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. This is your Service Group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to perform.